I like beer cause it is good. I drink beer because I should. If there was a song to sing, I sing it and beer you drink. I drink beer when I am sad, cause the beer it makes me glad. Now there's nothing left to say, so let's go drink beer. Beer is good! Beer is good! Beer is good! And stop! Beer is good! Beer is good! Beer is good! Let's go drink some beer! Hey, hey, even Lady was singing along today. Yeah, let me tell you, this might be a good one, people. Tom was on point today. He was on time, on cue. Uh, what else did they talk about on American Idol? You were in the pocket, brother. <laughs> you were in the pocket. I dug it, dog. I dug it. <laughs> um... Honestly, I thought the delivery was a bit flat. Yeah, well. My terrible British accent there. I'm sorry, Steve. Our one listener, England. People from England all think the world's flat anyways. So. No. No. Flat Earth is out. Hot dog Earth shape is in now. <laughs> That's what I hear. Um, Unless we ask Sir Virgil, then it's uh, blueberry or lemon pie shape. No, he likes them combined. Mm. He's... Whatever. Not, we're not going to judge Virgil. <laughs> we're not, not going to kink shame your pie choices. Um, Is that what the kids are calling us these days? I guess, yeah. Um, so, it's... Whew, before we came on air, I was complaining about my work week, so it's out of my system now. You know, I'm we... feel a little better. We got to give a major shout-out to our boys at Psycho Stick. Yeah, definitely do. Thank you for writing this song. It's changed our lives. And uh, thanks for thanks for letting us use it, and then inviting us to your concert. Um, okay, well that's not. I was gonna say that's a stretch. That was a stretch. <laughs> they didn't invite us, but once we bought tickets and went there, they, <laughs> they said, allowed Hi. to come in. Yeah, oh, they yeah. said, "Come on in, guys." You know, and then like at least three of the members of the band pretended to remember the yeah. email, so that and, was that was okay. And we know one of them did. The beard, we know you remembered. Maddie D. But I will say I I I've been popping in and off, off and on, whatever, however you people say that. You know how I know you do? Because every now and then there'll be some random post. No. Not only that, the notifications. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when I go scrolling through my personal feed and see something from the podcast page and I'll see someone coming I'll go why didn't I cook and then I'll go and yeah. switch over and all notifications will be cleared and I'll mm -hmm. oh alright Mike was on mm -hmm. but when we went and saw Psycho Stick at was it Mr. Smalls at the Fun House um oh yes that was cool that was a cool place um the band that opened up yep is that what you were saying? Yeah, that's where I was going. I was going. I, I happened to go down a rabbit hole on Facebook because I, it's been a while since I've been on it. I discovered there's something going on with some cop um, down where, where was she from? Like, I don't know. But apparently she, oh, got, she, oh. got, she got in some trouble for doing some things with a whole bunch of the other cops and it was all caught on camera. I had no idea what people were fucking talking about. Um, so of course I had to go down the rabbit hole to figure that out. That <laughs> Mike messages me, he goes, what the hell's happening? <laughs> so, 
Or no, it was on. Yeah, it was on the front of the page's post. Yeah. I said it's been a while. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. It looks funny. Clue, clue me in. Um, and then I'm scrolling through some stuff, and a song starts playing, and I'm like, "Oh, I know that song. Where do I know that song?" I look in it. I start looking into it. It's by the band Sump. Sump, Sump. They call it Sump, 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 Sump. Anyway, so this band Sump uh, <laughs> opened up for Psycho Stick, and they're entertaining as hell. They are. Um, I, I, I wanted to say, the, say his name, but now it's it slipped my. I think his name's Neil, is the lead guy. I don't know if that's right or not. Um, I'm pretty sure it is though, and. He he's he's a character, dude. He I'd is. love. I'd want to hang out with him in real life. Like he'd be a fun dude, right? Um, so I shared it on the page and said, "Hey, we saw these guys with Psycho Stick." Yeah, and, you did. And then <laughs> people never respond to anything I post on Facebook on that <laughs> Facebook page. And all of a sudden, I get a message from Tom, and it was his reply. And I said, oh, yeah, freaking famous. I'm famous, baby. I'm famous. <laughs> so, that was cool. That was like, I was shocked. I saw mm-hmm. it and I boom, screenshot yeah. it and sent it right to Mike. Yeah, we, we text like a psycho stick all the time. They never reply. Sup? Drinking something? Write a song about beer. <laughs> and we'll use it. With your permission, of course, at Mike yeah. Has a Drink LLC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, hit us up at Mike Has a Drink at gmail.com. Yeah, or our know. Facebook page. We do have a Facebook page. We do. We do. So, follow us on Facebook, so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they actually do already. <laughs> Mike Has a Drink. Um, or, or, you know, if you're so inclined and you're going to be in the area and you'd like to be on a podcast, feel free to send us an email. We love getting emails from our listeners. At Mike Has a Drink at gmail.com. And yeah, speaking of emails, I get it, listeners. Tom's the least favorite. Move on to a new subject, please. Hey, it's 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 finally nice, right? Yeah. It's nice for well, it might not be nice for you. <laughs> but it's nice for me. I've moved out of the you two suck, but at least your guests are interesting phase into well, Tom, Tom sucks. Tom, you suck. Mike, you suck a little bit less, but we love the witch phase. <laughs> so I feel like that's a win for me. You know it is, and, you, and I get it. I people, I get it. And if I'm wrong, let me know at mikehasadrink at gmail.com. It, it's the Canadian sympathization. I get it. It is. We're we're actually running a big. Um, but like you were the favorite for a hot minute. Yeah, and then he started his dad joke segments. (laughs) (laughs) Oh! That's probably what it was. Yeah, but there's something to be said about Canadian propaganda, man. We tell everybody how great we are, how nice we are. Eventually they start believing it. And you're the second least liked person on the podcast before you know it. Do you know why Canadian logic hangs around so much? This is a dad joke? No. Okay. I was just checking because you know you only get two and I was going to mark that on the list. No, it's a Canadian joke. 
Okay. Because of all the maple syrup, so it sticks to everything, so it just kind of hangs around until you get used to it and accept it. Says the one who was laughing before he hit the boo button. <laughs> yeah, I was laughing because it was so terrible. <laughs> I, I laughed, Tom, so that I could cover my initial thoughts. Oh, oh, okay. Which went something like this. So, well, I, since it's Canadian, shouldn't it be? Wait, shouldn't it be? <laughs> eh? <laughs> So, we are now looking for someone to join the podcast to be the least liked because Tom is no longer here. He has been fired. Uh, this is pretty close to a record. We're not even nine minutes in. <laughs> no, because I've been fired 46 seconds. That's true. Short. So, this is like the fifth fastest time <laughs> Tom's ever been fired. Someone go through, listen to the episodes. Uh, let us know. At MikeHasADrink at gmail.com. Or on the Facebook page at MikeHasADrink on Facebook. Yep. And uh, let us know. Does Mike fire Tom too much? Oh, no. Another thing I wanted to touch base on. I decided to start exercising. And why did I decide (laughs) to start exercising? No. It's because the quality (laughs) of air in Richmond had me freaking dying and I could barely breathe the entire time we were there. That's because that's it's so polluted down in that fucking city. Dude, I'm getting like red and yellow and orange alerts on my phone about air quality all day. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as we got close to the surrounding area, it, it just felt like an extra weight on and in yeah. my chest. That's fair. The other day I walked up my steps and was out of breath. I laid down, took a nap, and I was okay. By Did the you were good? I yeah. yeah, I was, yeah, well, I was over that thought. Fuck that. Bad enough, I let the dog drag me around. <laughs> I'm not going to exercise for fun. <laughs> um, I don't even know. So, Tom actually spent a hot minute at uh, the Mercer basketball game today. I did. I uh, got, to, got to see the IT guy get thrown on the ground a couple times. I don't know. I just don't get it, dude. Kid's 120 pounds with his clothes on. He plays like a freaking Wolverine. He is not afraid of that yeah. paint. He gets he gets the ball and he just dribbles and tries to jump past the biggest dudes on the court. And he always he gets the shots off. They don't get blocked. And then he bounces off the ground, dusts yeah. himself off, and heads right and to then, the free and line. Then every throw. time he shoots, he gets fouled <laughs> because he goes flying. Um. So yeah, so he had and then a, he goes running down the court from one end to the other, and I'm like, you know, of course everybody's hey, go, real name, real mm-hmm. name, and then there's just me, out of nowhere. That's right, the IT guy. Yeah, he did a double take and almost tripped over his feet, like what the? <laughs> and then he was like, oh, it's Tom. Whew, I think he thought he was getting stopped by a fan. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, his man is his JV team boy. They're, they're fucking good. Yeah, they're pretty dangerous. I only lost one game all year. Actually, two. Lost two. Um, but they were close games. The games they won have been by, like, at least 30 points. Uh, the varsity, for the first time since 2003, won the district title. 
I was talking to uh, Alex about that, about how when I was in high school, I only officially stepped court or stepped foot on the court twice, and that was against the local delinquent school down the road. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I left both those games bloodied, bruised, fouled out, but nobody touched Mike Sankey or Brenton Bestwick. Yeah. So I consider that a success, specifically since they went on. To win that in 03. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So now now the big we're waiting to see if we're gonna be the number one or number two seed. Typically they give the teams up north in the Erie region the benefit of the doubt and get the num they get the number one seeds. But whatever. It's, it is what it is. Um but yeah, they were ten and L and then fourteen and four. So that's a pretty good year for them kids. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there, I was like, oh, that's pretty sweet. They won the title this year. And then I was thinking about it, and I was like, man, they're probably going to win it the, like, the next four. Because that's a strong core yeah. coming up. Well, and then there's some really good 7th and 8th graders behind them. So, Is there? I, mm-hmm. So I'm telling you, buckle up, Mercer. You're about to see some good sports. Every sport. Every sport in Mercer. Well, guy sports. The girl sports are always pretty decent. Uh, the guy sports usually suck. Um, which I wish I would have known before I moved to Mercer. Just saying. I wish my dad would have known before he moved um, me to Mercer, you know. But they're, they're in this pocket that you see smaller schools get every now and then. Where they've got four years. They've got four years to make some noise, do some things that maybe the school's never done before. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, so, yeah, exciting. So, on the way home from Virginia, Chelsea and I decided to detour through DC, mm. which was. Tom's first time on a subway. <laughs> oh, I love the I love the metro, dude. <laughs> I would not recommend the metro for somebody who does oh, yeah. not know where they're oh, going. No. It's confusing. <laughs> but I, I'm telling you right yeah. now, when I retire, I'm renting an apartment from someone in DC for a month, and I'm gonna get up every day, get on the metro, go to a museum, because I figured it out. There's actually well, there's more. You really need like you really need like six weeks to hit every museum in DC. But yeah, except when we tried to rush through and see if any were available, they all had a two plus hour wait. Right. Well, that and and they all but they all close at like five. Mm-hmm. So you know it's not like here, like you go down to right. Pittsburgh, the art galleries are up until eight or nine. Right. Everything closes at five. Mm-hmm. And um, we all, we stopped at a uh, what is called. A uh, Act 71 gifting dispensary where Tom bought a piece of art that is now hanging up <laughs> mm-hmm. on the wall. Mm-hmm. And along with this piece of art, um, they gifted Tom some marijuana. Oh, nice. <laughs> because it's legal to possess, but illegal to sell. You know, But you know why? Because you need to fucking get... High out of your mind to look at that right? picture and know what the hell it is. 
<laughs> Which is what Tom was able to figure it out. We're going <laughs> to call it interpretive art. <laughs> because the, they handed it to me, and Chelsea goes, what is this? And I said, oh, it looks like a dragon or something, or like the head of like a dinosaur, one of those ones that has the long necks, you know? And Tom's like, nope, it's a giraffe. He goes, but I stared at it for a good 15 minutes and realized I was holding it upside down while the guys were standing on their heads. So then I flipped it over. Upside down, though, you're right. It looks it looks like there's this little red monkey. With his arms are going, yeah. I don't know. But he's also getting eaten by a snake. He has an... That's why you say, I don't know why the hell I'm standing here. Mm-hmm. But it, is, it has been added to the collection. So, oh, man. Uh, so then, after we left DC and on the way, uh, we almost got ran over multiple times by some twins. Mm. Mm-hmm. Two exact year Escalades with the exact same tent, exact same rims. The only difference was one was an Idaho plate, <laughs> one was a Missouri plate. But. They got quite angry when you got in between them. <laughs> Lucky a guy didn't pop out with a machine gun. Like, and then we go the past one, and I'm looking, dude. It's dark black. It's dark yeah. black. Like I can't see. I can just barely see the illumination from the radio through their window. And I was like, "Damn!" So then we get up to the next one, and I'm like, "Oh no, they can't be together. It's a different state plate." And I'm looking. I'm like. Same 10 job. Okay, that's another coincidence. And then the one sped back up, so we talked in between, and the one behind was not a fan. I did a few times. He had the same reaction each time. But yeah, you, were just, you were just testing it out. You wanted to see, oh, if I get in between, he gets mad. Is that a fluke? <laughs> it's scientific theory. Nah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, poke the bear once, it growls. What happens when I poke it twice? Yeah. Get in between once, and all of a sudden my car shuts off, so I have to get out. <laughs> in between, and it magically turns back on. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's see if that happens again. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Specifically, since it was right on the outskirts of DC, too, mm-hmm. when it started. Yeah. So Chelsea is drinking a Schmiernoff ice smashy thing, red, white, and berry. Tom has some uh, Bud Light Platinum. Uh, the witch has her handy dandy bottle of water. Fine God, that looks or, like water. Or water, as we say, in my part. So would it be vodka then? <laughs> no. No, be vodka. No, it's vodka. Water, vodka. <laughs> <laughs> They're spelled completely different. <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going on right now. I don't even get that comparison. Because of the Apparently A. Apparently everything You think, you think I'm throwing an R on the... like? There's not even an R in the word vodka. <laughs> so you can't get the er sound. Not around here where normal people talk. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. So anyways, like I was saying earlier... Uh, send your resumes uh, to MikeHasTheDrink uh, at gmail.com. Uh, if you go back, I think it's at 8 minutes and 46 seconds. I said, you know, if you want to come on, be the, the, the you know third favorite host. I'll, I'm willing 
at this point to let something come on and be tied again as the second favorite host. Send send a clip of your audio to uh, MikeHasADrink at gmail.com. Or MikeHasADrink on Facebook. Mm-hmm, because, man, I'm telling you right now, Tom ain't going to make it. He ain't making it tonight. He's already been fired twice. <clears throat> Not a good start, Tom, after we started so good with the song. Come on, man, focus. You're expecting too much of him. He nailed the song. Oh, so, so yeah, I get yeah, it. You, I see, get it. I get you it. have too much all at once. Uh, see, that's, I gave you positive reinforcement way too early. You did. I got it. Remember, you got to smack him and rub his nose in it yeah, first, and then yeah. positive reinforcement. And then be like, oh, he did so much better. Um, <laughs> all right, so. Damn. And I'm see, not, this, see this, people? Your low opinion of me has led to physical abuse. You like it, and you know it. I mean, but usually you have thought, to pay extra for that. Hold on, but I thought you said we don't kink shame here. I wasn't kink shaming. Yeah, you were. No, because I was just saying. You're saying you're saying that we're treating you how you don't want to be treated, and that's not true. I didn't say that. I said usually you have to pay extra for that, and I'm not. Oh, that's fair. All right, never mind. I take it back. The only one that's allowed to kink shame around here, though, is the witch, because she refused to sign the waiver. Exactly. Um, but it all comes from a place of love. Yeah, but we, we put up with it because, you know, 2023 is the year of no hex for me. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. I'm drinking uh, so my nice mega pints of wine again. Moscato Sangria. Yeah, same one. I, I laid I was easy on the wine this week. I stretched this box out between episodes, which is rare. It ain't going much further. It is not at all. <laughs> I only think there's like one more mega point left. We'll let you know, though. You guys keep listening and stay tuned. We don't want to. Dun dun dun! Yeah, we don't want to have a spoiler alert. <laughs> so this week, we are thinking of our topics, which actually happened on my birthday. Yes. This this we're gonna talk about. Uh, happened on Tom's birthday. He's actually familiar with the location where one of these people worked. Um, it is a very fantastic pizza joint. If you didn't hear that, it's a very fantastic pizza joint. Let me rephrase that. A very fantastic mom and pop style pizza joint. Well, that's always the best food. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, Which um, they have actually since moved locations since this happened in 03. Okay. Um, it's unclear as to if it was because the owner was <coughs> tired of the McCaber Tours or if it was just because of the McCaber Tours that they were able to afford a bigger place. Did you say that word right? McCaber? I thought it was macabre. Let us know, people. At Mike has a drink at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not going to go there because, like I said before, I've said it, English is not my first language. <laughs> so I may or may may or may not be correct. Um, if, if I'm incorrect, it'll be the first time in, like, six days. So let's hope I'm right. First time since the last episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um... <clears throat> So, we came across this topic 
because of Netflix. I'm like, can we say that on air? So, um. Well, yeah, we did for Peaky Blinders. So. Yeah. Okay. And they didn't sue us over that. You know the 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 streaming channel that has the end. Um. And on that platform, it's called Evil Genius. Okay. <coughs> so we're going to talk about the murder of Brian Wells. I appreciate you put it like that, sir, because uh, Mike I, and I are I re- in... I refuse to believe this guy was involved. Yeah, Mike and I are in the minority that there's no fucking way. No way. Right. So, August 28th, 2003. Brian Wells went out for a pizza delivery. From Mamma Mia's Pizzeria, which, again... Did that even just... That just has a good name. It, it, it does. I If you're ever in Erie and you're looking for a good mom and pop pizza shop, definitely order from Mamma Mia's. Like, it's got, like, the thick, like, sweet garlicky cr- crust. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Is it thin pizza? Uh, well, I... I I'm a thin pizza guy, dude. I'm sure they have a thin pizza, but I'm not a thin pizza guy, so I never order. Mm. Well, I guess to each their own time. Well, most most shops, if you know you order yeah. thin crust, it comes out crunchy as shit. And yeah, that's how you want it. No. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, listen. With, you with, know what? No, hold on. With the amount of times that Ma- that Tom has been punched in the mouth. With broken and missing teeth, the less sharp and jagged the pizza crust is, the wow. better. Sounds like a snaggle <laughs> tooth. You, you just made yourself sound so sad. Right? I'm like, damn. See, and that's and, why and, I was nervous the first time I met him that yeah. he didn't have teeth. And that's and that's why we they always say we have the faces for radio. Oh. Um <laughs> Hey, I have all my fronts. It's the backs that are broken. <laughs> Listen, the best pizza is the thin pizza. Alex just said no, or Shaggy just said no. (laughs) He's probably high. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Is the thin, the thin, the New York style thin pizza. Well, yeah, but those you can pick up and like fold in half. They're not like so damn crunchy that when you go to bend them, they break. Where the hell are you getting pizza at? Yeah. I'm not talking about DiGiorno here. Tom. No, I'm not talking about DiGiorno <laughs> We know what he's talking Pizza Hut is like that. They're thin crust. No, 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 not like that. It's not like, like that. hard. No, no, no. That's, that's not, like that's not real. Like, no. no, I'm not talking that. Like, We're not talking about the stuff that like... Yeah, I get what you're saying. No. But there is nothing like the New York style pizza. Yes. The, the second day. You bring oh, it yeah. home. You stick it in that oven again and get that... Then you get the crisp on that crust, see, baby. No, you see, I almost. I'm not. I'm not even an oven guy. I will take that cold pizza straight out the fridge and eat it on a plate for breakfast. Who like are that. you kidding? You, it's probably laying next to you on the floor. <laughs> it never made it to the fridge. As long as it doesn't look like the dog or cats ate it, it's still game, brother. That's all I'm saying. I, I'm telling you, I feel like there's a market for that. If I ever hit the Powerball, <laughs> I'm opening up a pizza place where I don't even make any pizza. 
You bring it over. You go buy your pizza wherever you get your pizza. You bring your pizza to me. I'll reheat it. Get that nice, crisp crunch on the bottom. You know, I feel like... I feel like there's a place for that. You know, if I... Have you open it like... You know, weird hours for like everybody. Yeah, for breakfast. Well, everybody's who hung over and you know. Well, see, if I ever hit the Powerball, I'm opening up a bar, and I'm calling it the Thirteenth Step. And my menu is going to be honest. Like, if mm. you want a double bacon cheeseburger, it's going to be called a double heart attack on a bun. That's what it's going to be on the menu. Not, not like this is legit vision I've had. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a chicken with lettuce, tomato, and mayo is the boring. Yeah, like I have. Well, put, well don't give away them all. Tom. Well, no, but I'm, I'm just saying, like that, like that's not so a joke. So you have a plan. That's and yes, the, the 13th step is the comical aspect of it, along yeah. with the honest names and the. Okay. Sounds good. So, back to our story. <coughs> Brian Wells is working it. Mamma Mia's. Mamma Mia's Pizzeria. Phone rings. And the original owner, guy. The owner yep. picks up the phone and can't understand the people that are talking. So he hands it to, to Brian. Because he's from that area. Uh, he goes, I, I, I'm not understanding. So Brian takes the order with the delivery instructions. They make the pizza. I don't even. I don't even want to know what's going on in the kitchen right now. It sounds like the cats are having a freaking. I don't even know. It doesn't matter. There definitely sounds like there should be a heavy beat with lasers and disco ball yeah. in there. So he takes the pizza, goes out to make the delivery at an abandoned radio tower. Yes, middle of nowhere. Which, ironically, no, not that site. The site coming up. Yeah, the next place. So, when he's there, he gets attacked, knocked out. He wakes up with a collar around his neck and a, a note telling him, you have three steps that you need to complete. Right. And once you complete them at the final spot, they'll be the key to get the collar. The key and the codes for... Mm -hmm. Um, which I'm sure one of us is going to get to a later point, but I'm going to go ahead and jump the gun and say it. Um, during their investigation, the FBI tried to carry out the list. And it was the exact same time of day, yeah. exact same weather conditions, everything. And it was like impossible by 20 plus minutes. Right. So, he takes a note, goes to a PNC bank. In Erie. Which, this is what I was talking about. Um, some of our more, more avid listeners may remember the uh, second time that Tom has called in. Tom and Chelsea were down on, in Virginia Beach. On vacation. Okay. So, we had to go pick up a rental car from Erie because the one that was supposed to be ready for us in Grove City was never delivered on time. So, and where we went to pick this rental car up in Erie was less than two blocks away 
from both the bank and eyeglass mark. Oh wow! Like and then I ne- like I never realized that until her and I were watching the documentary and I look, pause it. I'm elbowing the shit out of Chelsea. I'm like, look, we were right fucking there. <laughs> Crazy. So, he walks into the bank, has a t-shirt on. It's a like, smile or... Says, says, this is not a joke, I have a bomb on my... A bomb or something. And they left him with a cane. Which... That later turns out was a cane gun. Which was very functional. Mm-hmm. The police tested it and it shot... Yeah. Shotgun shells. Yep, mm-hmm. as it was supposed to. So, obviously they hit the alarms. He gets the money. Does, to, he, he doesn't even get out of the parking lot. No, he gets to McDonald's. Yeah. Well, Which is thing. right next door. The note says to get 250 k So after about 20 minutes in the bank, he only leaves with around 9 k And a lollipop. And a lollipop. What's up, PNC? Your tellers are not fucking slow? (laughs) All she she could give him was the money in the drawers. There wasn't anybody to, like, get him money out of the bag. They were stalling for time. I don't believe that. So... No, that was definitely a stall tactic. PNC, your hands are bloody. If you wouldn't have stalled this poor man... Well, you would mm-hmm. stall anybody trying to rob your bank. Like, that's standard operating procedure. No, I wouldn't. Stall, I'd be like, press the button. I'd be like, like, take what you want. There's a red car out back. Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> leave a donation. And they're taught to, <coughs> They're unfortunately taught to stall, although, you know, my life is worth more than your money. It's yeah. all insured. It's like, insured. Fuck it. Depends on which bank you're at. Uh, yes, because that's Some banks that's are legit told, thing. give it all. Yeah. It doesn't matter. So... And if you watch the Netflix show, there's like live footage of him sitting like, you know, in here's front the of thing. his car. Here's the thing. Um, with me spending a lot of my growing up in Erie and having a lot of family in Erie, like when this was going on, this was big news. Call it to my mom. Mom sat us down. We're watching, you know, um, Channel 11 out of Erie on the cable TV. And uh, let me tell you, the view of the bomb going off in the Netflix special is nothing compared to the Channel 11 footage of the bomb going off. Right, they were probably off on the side. No, they were straight in front of them and they were zoomed in. Hmm. Like his face... Like his bust, like his yeah. head and chest area was full screen when it exploded. Now, since then, it has been buried very deep in the internet. But if you yeah. dig hard enough, you can find that angle still. Yeah. But that's well, the it angle. obviously it obviously didn't blow it all off. No, it blew his chest. It didn't even hit his head. It blew yeah. his chest off. Yeah. But um, he was actually alive. Though, he was like, alive after the blast, and paramedics couldn't get to him because the bomb squad hadn't got yeah. to him. To make sure there wasn't like yep. a, a second timer yeah. trigger. Which, which this part's kind of uh, this part's kind of bullshit to me. Um, the fact that the authorities cut his fucking head off yep. to save the bomb because it was still intact. Yeah. Yep. Because it 
I was going to yeah, get to that. They said it was in case there was a secondary mechanism. They wanted to get rid of it. Yeah. Well, because if you look, like when they were looking at the bomb in the special, there were written warning labels all over it that there were booby traps yeah. and things like of that nature. So they wanted to be careful so that nobody else perished. You no, know, I get that and I understand that, but I also I very much see the family's point of view. Like, yeah, did you have to cut his fucking head off? Well, I mean, I mean since it was wrapped around his neck, what else do you do there? Like, if you can't take that off safely, what the, else the, do you get do the there? dude with the suit whose job it is to do that shit. I know, but to cut it, but no. Instead, Special Agent Jerry Clark, which. I'm not going to say my true feelings on you. Yeah. Listen, I think he was, he made a poor decision. and It was it, the heat of the moment, kind of. He even regrets it. He, he said on the podcast, he, or well, not the podcast, the, but the, that it was, it was probably one of the most difficult decisions he ever made, and he wishes he would have done something. Yeah, but that's not, his call, him being the final call on that. The final call on what, though? Not, I'm cutting Brian Wells' head off mm. to get the. Oh, well, you know, but here's the thing. But no, see, that's not why I don't like him. Okay. Because, let's face it, when anybody's faced with a decision that difficult, you're going to have lovers, you're going to have haters, regardless. There's never a good outcome. Precisely. But no, I disliked him for what happened after All that right. call. So, so this happens August 28, 2003. They do not arrest anybody. Mm, there's some weird stuff floating in my cup. That's a little concerning. Oh, well. The wine will kill it. Um, they don't arrest anybody until 2007. Yeah, it was... It's because it kind of went cold. Cause they, yeah, they well, were... Yeah, because when Wells originally did tell police it was four black guys who held me down and forced it on me. Mm-hmm. Which, it comes out in the um, documentary that that's what Rothstein told him to say. Now, listen. <laughs> a big-ass dude's whooping my ass and putting a collar on me. Yeah, because he telling said... Me, he said people will be watching. You know, and, and says, tell them this. I'm sorry, but that's what I'm going to tell them, too, because, hey, if you're watching and you hear me say that and it's reported that I say that you might let me so the FBI after all of this decides that Brian Wells was a willing participant in the robbery but he was told that the bomb was fake I'm going to tell you right now watching that guy sit in that parking lot and say this bomb has started beeping it's going to blow up. Get this off of me. That, that was... He was very calm, though, for a very like long yeah. period of time. And when he robbed the bank, they talk about how he like swings the cane gun and the bag of money like he's freaking Charlie Chapman. Like That's very calm for somebody who's wearing a live bomb. You know? That's Didn't true. he also have a, like, a mental disorder... I Some type of handicap. Simple. They all did. So Everybody involved in this case yeah. is Just. fucked up. But the other reason they found him to be a co-conspirator happens to be because of the uh, prostitute he was sleeping the with. The lying so, whore. Hoop, hoopsick. Mm-hmm. 
because she said part of her job was to find a yeah. simple and, patsy here. Right. Somebody who wouldn't realize right. that their purpose was to. And she said she didn't realize he was going to die. Like, but it was somebody to take the fall for robbing the bank. I don't, I don't buy that for one second. And I'll tell you why. Because if that was true, why and why and why did she wait until everybody else in the case was dead to say something to not the authorities? Not everybody, because Marjorie's not dead. Marjorie is dead. Not not during this. Not during her invest the, the investigation. No, no, no. But by the time the uh, documentary comes out. She's already dead, and Hopsick doesn't contact him, and so that's an added afterthought. Uh, okay. Um, All right. And because she did, she waited until every other co-conspirator was dead before she brought her statement out. And again, she brought it out to the director of the documentary, not the authorities. Yeah, true. All right, fair enough. So. But he was involved from the beginning, the guy that did the documentary. Yeah. But so, eventually, the FBI are led to believe that Marjorie Deal Armstrong and Kenneth Barnes are the ones that did this. What about Rusty? Nope. Well, they determined the plot was masterminded by Deal Armstrong <laughs> to receive an inheritance by hiring Barnes. <laughs> With the money from the bank robbery to kill her dad, who is a, a is a well-off man, who was giving her inheritance away to charities and, and to the kids people and the, in the people in the neighborhood, because he he decided that I give you money and you just commit crimes. So if you're going to be committing crimes, commit the crimes without my money. So they also said that William Rothstein and Floyd Stockton were also found to have conspired in the crime, but Rothstein died before that he could be charged. But it was it was um, collaborated by the other co-conspirators that Rothstein was the one who built okay. the bomb. Okay. But so he was... Rothstein was an idiot genius. Okay. He was... Um, an engineering you know, a genius for designing and building the bomb. But he was an idiot because he called the police and reported Armstrong. Yeah. Which then shined a light on his crimes. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know. He was dying, so maybe he wanted, like. He didn't know he was dying at that point. Actually, he did. Um, so. Oh, yeah? Out, I, I did some research outside of net, the Netflix special, and. He, so they say, like, a year and a half before he actually passed, he knew he had cancer and was dying and everything. And um, he wanted to kind of come clean with some things. And plus, he kind of felt uh, that he wasn't getting his dues and the whole deal with the house situation, that he was trying to save the uh, family homestead. Yeah. Which wasn't happening. He needed to figure out what to do with that. 
Which um, the house he lived in is, um, I have not checked since then, but at the time of the original airing of this Netflix special, was actually available for rent. Oh. Um, I That's not, that can't be fucking haunted. Oh, I mean, dead body in the freezer. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So, and then Stockton was granted immunity because they they needed someone to testify against Neil Armstrong. Right. She got sentenced in 2011 to life to life imprisonment without parole for, for killing her for the dead body in the freezer. Uh, yes. Rodden. Yeah. Rodden. Yeah. Um, and Barnes received a reduced sentence of 22 and a half years in exchange for also testifying. Against Armstrong, and you're right, they both died in prison. He was supposed to actually uh, be getting out in about four years, Barnes was. Mm-hmm. But uh, he passed away at, uh, I forget the name of it, but it was a federal um, facility in North Carolina, is where Barnes died at. And didn't he have like heart problems or something? Something. So, it said. So, you know. Like, as I'm going through my research or whatever, I was like, all right, like, how the hell does something like this even come up? You know what I mean? Like, well, sitting around let playing me tell cards. You, let me tell you. No, one of the co-conspirators was a um, known crack and heroin dealer, dealer. Now, I have never experienced these two substances, but I have heard... That you can come up with some pretty dumb, slick shit. Okay. On either so, or of these okay, substances. That's fair. So, what I what I've come up with is they were all at Kenneth Barnes's house. Mm. Marjorie Deal Armstrong and William Rothstein. I thought it was Rothstein's house they were at. And Kenneth Barnes at at, at Kenneth Barnes' house. Okay. Okay. And they started discussing some ways they could make some quick money because they were all kind of in a pinch. Mm-hmm. Trying to pay the drug dealer Barnes. <laughs> so, Deal Armstrong says suggested that Barnes kills her father, so she would receive his inheritance. And Barnes said, "Well, okay, I'll do it, but I need two hundred and fifty thousand dollars." And at that moment, that's when this this collar bomb bank robbery plot gets hatched. So that they can get enough money to pay Barnes to kill her dad. And in return for a, a reduced sentence, Barnes later, Barnes later told the investigators that it was really Deal Armstrong who masterminded the crime. Because the inheritance that she thought she was going to receive was in the millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Unbeknownst to her, her dad had already taken her out of his will. So... Um. Because he knew she was a little. Messed <laughs> he knew up. she was fucked up. So, but they were. Look, before you get to your show, he was giving her so much money mm-hmm. that she owned the house that she lived in. Or she no, she owned two houses that she didn't live in, and but was living with Rosty. So she had like two rental properties. There were, when they went in, there were like a broken down cars all through the yard. Like she didn't upkeep anything, but she, so, and so, so I don't know what the housing market li- was like in Erie in 2003. Shit. Okay. So, but still significant enough. Um, 
But part of that, like, part of her not taking care of stuff has to do with her, like, mental, mental. health stuff. She had major mental oh, health. And, and, and that's actually one of my notes was I was going to call back to one of our many, to- you know, um, yeah, it's clogged. One of our many topics that we hit is, that you always bring up is, yet again, another case that could have prevented if the right um, steps and the yeah. mental health. Listen. Well, her lawyer tried to keep her committed repeatedly. Yeah. Yeah. And then she knew how to manipulate the yeah. system because... Yeah, see, and, and that's the thing is, it doesn't matter what your mental state is. Mm-hmm. Once they realize that you know how to manipulate the system, your mental state is out of their mind. They just figured, they just know that you can manipulate so... And like you're out, you know what yeah. I mean. Mm-hmm. So and they talked about how she saw so many different psych doctors and whatever. Mm-hmm. She had a bipolar diagnosis. One doctor even said, "There's nothing wrong with you except you're a narcissist who, you know, values their own superiority complex over everything else. Like you just want to be right." I mean, that seems pretty severe to me. Um, hey, you know what's a great time for? Mike to finish his thought. Yeah. And then we'll segue. You're the one that brought this up, Tom. I, I, I say, you say, you say this. They need the right mental health. That's why I, to this day, still believe that the counties, the courts, people involved, it it's okay to have someone go to a mental hospital and spend a long period of time there. To get their shit right. Right. Like, you can't you can't put someone in Western Psych in Pittsburgh for three days and then, okay, they're all fixed. No, that shit takes years. Right. The budget ain't there, though. Unfortunately, well, the budget ain't they, there. They need brother. to figure out how to get it back. But even if hey, you hey, send Which them- one of us on this podcast crew works for the state, Mike? Yeah, but I just feed people. They're paying for a lot of it in nursing homes now. Yeah. They're getting a lot of psychs in nursing yeah. homes. Yep. But even if you send them for three days, six months, whatever, the problem is we're not consistently following up with right. the aftercare. Well, who's, who's there to make sure? There's no, once they go home, depending on what they're on, they're probably from a bad situation to begin with. Right. So they go home, they're, whoever's supposed to take care of them is but, given all these meds. Mm-hmm. And then they get sold. It, or, do you know, like, all right, Butler County, love it, hate it, whatever. We have, my boss has a niece who's on a wait list to see a shrink for her and her kid. Her kid is three and has experienced some shit that no kid should ever have to experience. The wait list is two and a half years to see a shrink to get a diagnosis. Yeah, well, That's look. ridiculous. But we're going we're gonna to run into this in the medical field as well, right? You have, there's, there's only certain, certain careers where you need to have specific degrees to work in, right? Right. And this may ruffle some feathers, but teachers are one of them. You can't just walk in the street and say you're going to be a teacher, right? No. Right. So you've got teachers. You've got nurse, the medical field. Nurses, doctors, therapists, psychiatrists, psychologists. All those people, right? Right. If that's the requirement, then they need to be fucking paid like it. 
You know what I mean? Because people will say, oh, doctors and nurses, they make lots of money. Well, guess what? It just cost them $250,000 to be able to do what they're going to do. And right. then you're only going to pay them based on, okay, this was, this was, uh, well, the, okay, boy, I'm really, I'm going off. I'm sorry, people. <laughs> but it's based on, okay, well, this is a $400 procedure. The insurance is only paying eighty-seven. We're keeping seventy percent, so here you go. Here's twenty-three dollars. So you better go and see fifteen people in an hour to get your billing up. But the, I guess the the other part of that would be, what the fuck? The hospitals need to check themselves like the colleges do. It should not cost three hundred bucks for a Tylenol or codeine. You know what I mean? When you're in the hospital. So there's got to be something that someone's going to have to come in and just lay the law down. And it'll never happen, unfortunately. I know, because it's big business. Yeah, you but anyways, all right, so hey, um, we'll come back to the evil genius. Uh, it is time for, hold on, people, hold on, you know what's coming. Terrible Tom Tales. Ah, I love it. <laughs> I like it. I can dig it. I do. <laughs> mm. So I got to tell you, man. I've got the attention of a goldfish. Seriously. Mm. Fucking thing won't quit staring at me. Where's the cricket button? Do I have a yeah. cricket button? I don't think I do. Uh that's all right, though, because I have a feeling you're going to like the second one. You were really wrong on your prediction at the beginning of this, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. Fuck. That's why, I don't, that's why I don't gamble. This is why Tom is the most hated person on this podcast. Hey, you know what? And if you, if you, if you agree with Tom that, that he is the most hated person on the podcast, send us an email at MikeCasadrinkGmail.com. Or hit us up on the Facebook page at MikeCasadrink on Facebook. Yep, and we have TikTok and, and Insta chat and all that stuff, but uh, I lost the passwords, so don't send anything to them. So, Mike, what's the first thing the husband says to Keely, his side chick, when his wife died? Tom, I don't know. I can see Keely now, the rain what? is gone. Have you had a. All that time. Dude. <laughs> that okay. is literally okay. the worst uh, I've ever here's heard. Here's the new rule for your jokes, okay? You can't be drunk mm. and high while you're looking for your jokes. Mm. It's one or the other. <laughs> one or the other. I'm not going to make you do no. it. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, sober. whoa. whoa. But one or what the happened to artistic freedom? Mmm. You've lost I mean, you've lost, you've lost it. 87,000 dad jokes now that in the history <laughs> of the podcast. We're going to take control. We're taking back a little bit of control, Tom. You want you want a, your freedom to tell any joke you want on here? Then you need to tell us some fucking good ones. You got to prove those you can do it, man. See, and this is why the listeners hate me. Thank you, guys. You're welcome. So, 
I don't know. We got to figure out. Back to this shit. Yeah, we got. Hold on. We got to. <laughs> we got to kind of figure this out here because. Oh, uh, you know we completely script skipped. Robert Panetti. The other pizza guy that died, Susley. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. With a quote of a quarter <laughs> quote. Drug over, dude. Yep. His drug dealer was Barnes. Yep. So, all right. So let's to try to get a little bit more focused. Right. Fuck, I thought that one was gonna go. Which one of those jokes did you think was gonna? Well, be I'm good? honest to God, I'm. Which you were, one? You were honestly trying to like bomb this, right? Like these weren't legit. I don't know if you guys heard that, but Tom under his breath just mumbled. I sure as fuck that one was gonna go. The Lorraine. I thought you were gonna like the Lorraine one, man. I don't even remember. Who the hell's Lorraine? <laughs> the wife that died in the second joke. I thought her name was Lucilia or it something. Was, he, Anywho. <laughs> oh my god. Send your resumes to for new co-host at mykidsdrinkatgmail.com. Uh, and, and listen, listen. Because apparently Tom is being run the fuck out. It, it happens to the best of us. Um, so listen. Not that bad. Oh my god. Wow. All right, we're 60 minutes in. And we're only like, we just like scratched like the, the preview of episode one. So to roll it back a little bit, let's walk through a timeline, okay? October 28th, we know this is when the crime occurred. August. What'd I say? October. October. Uh, I'm sorry, I read that wrong. That's the mega pint. Um, August 31st, Robert Panetti's friend and co-worker is found dead. Good, Good hit, Tom, good hit. September 8th, investigators pursue, pursue the lead about the black man by searching the eerie apartment of a black man whose girlfriend said he knew Wells. How the hell did anybody even get a warrant for that? First of all, uh, because it he was knew, I knew, early, we knew. It was the early yeah. 2000s. Well, and it was, uh, uh, you need to solve this fucking crime or you're not going to have a job. Well, and so, he said he had which money. brings me to why I freaking, all right, well, we're getting which there. Which said he fit the profile that they had given, like, kind of a weird loner, electrical engineer, capable of building that, like, mm-hmm. bomb. Yeah. That's how they got the warrant. Yeah. Like, and he was black. Yeah. In, you know. So, he obviously's never charged. September 13th. William Rothstein dumps 1,040 pounds of debris in the Lakeview landfill. Must have been one of those ones you could, like, back your truck up. I remember going to them when I was younger. And you just, out you go. Dumps it out. So, September 20th, Rothstein and Deal Armstrong must have had a fight. Because he calls 911 to report that the body of James Roden, Dio Armstrong's, boy, Armstrong's boyfriend, is stuffed in, the free, in a freezer in Rothstein's garage. Yep. And he blames Dio Armstrong for it. So, that didn't take long. September 21st, they charge her with, with his death. Right. Um, alleging that she shot him seven times at her East 7th Street house in Erie. And then help move him to the body of the Rothstein's Upper Peach Street house. 
Um, and I put them in a the freezer. September 24th. Which, if you've ever been to Erie, um, is right before it splits in the one way. Peach Street. Yeah. Yeah. Um, September 24th, police and federal agents question Rothstein about the Wells case. He says, ah, I mean, he says uh, he may have used the payphone that was the source of the final call to Wells. But the thing that struck me during the Netflix part was that, you know, they said, that, you know, I walked in a room to interview Rothstein. And he said, before I could even ask him a question, he looked at me and said, I'm the smartest I, man I, in this room. I just want you to know I'm the smartest person in this room. And the guy was like, yeah, okay, that's fine. You're smarter than me. Prove what's, it. What, so, what's fucked up is is that Rothstein was actually like, what, the best man in the one state trooper's brother-in-law's wedding or some so shit weird, like that? Man. Is everybody related to each other in Erie or something? <laughs> so, mid-March of 2004... Teal Armstrong, who suffers from a bipolar disorder, is transferred from the Erie County Prison to the Mayview State Hospital near Pittsburgh for psychiatric care. She went from the greens to the browns. Yeah, and she is a fit, like placed in a in a a, a stage of her um, committal sentence, right. whatever. She's off limits to investigators, so the investigators can't even. Interview her to, with this uh, about this other crime, which is a gray area. It is because she's on all these meds, and it is, I guess it is what it, it is. It is what it is. Yeah. So July thirtieth, Rothstein is at the age of sixty, dies of cancer. He says nothing about the Wells case to investigators who question him on his deathbed. I mean, I, I mean, I guess. Right? Hey, if you're going to go, go to clear conscious. Nothing. Yeah, but not everybody believes that. Yeah. So. Oh, I know. I'm just saying that would have been my selling point. Which is what they tried, but yeah. I mean, come on, he had a hard on for Marge for like his entire life yeah. from what they paid in, in the series. Yeah. So. Listen. If you're going to put these a body in a freezer for this lady, I'm telling you right now. Secret. Think about those old, like, hillbilly TV shows. These people were so ugly, they still would have been the stand, the, like, the, just like the props on the shows. <coughs> the fill-ins. But actually, though, if you look at, like, their really old photos, like, oh, when they were young. young? Yeah. Like, Marjorie was kind of hot. Okay, that's fair. So they didn't, they like, didn't age well. They obviously weren't Canadian. <laughs> they don't bathe in maple syrup. No. That's why Mike's head is so shiny. That's right. Mike's head is so, so, that, it's so that it, when I slip under, they can um, throw the crane in, and it sucks on my head and pulls me back up out of the bath. That's how they know I'm done. So, <laughs> Jesus. That's right. There, there's just there's two mounties on their horses sticking a giant plunger taped to a long ass yep. branch like. Oh, and slips up said, he's not ready, eh? No, he's not done yet, eh? Come back in 10 minutes. Um, Jeez. January 7th. <laughs> what is the date in like 64 seconds? It's probably more like 72 <laughs> um, when you do the conversion. So, uh, 
January 7th, Neil Armstrong pleads guilty, but as mentally ill right. for the third-degree murder of Rodin. She gets 7 to 20 years in a state prison. Which, this is the second time she's uh, com been convicted for murdering a boyfriend at this point? Mm -hmm. First one did stick. Well, the first one she got self-defense, yeah. and so she got like eight months probation. Yeah. You know, bitch crazy. Well, yeah, because in total, five dead men, one dead husband, and the yeah. rest were boyfriends mm -hmm. all around her. Makes her a real winner. She's like um, the Black Dahlia. Right? If it was the um, Kmart version. <laughs> so, like the. No, she's the blue. Goodwill version. She's like the um, faded gray. What's a dahlia? A flower? Yeah. yeah. A so faded gray dandelion. <laughs> I was, was going to say tulip, but... Yeah, tulip works too. All right. March 16th, she gets transferred from Mayview uh, to the State Correctional Institution in Muncie. Which, I'm not... Muncie's middle state, right? I think it's the middle of Pennsylvania. I think so. I'd have to look it up because, you know, the person that was involved with my brother, she's no, she's still there. Um, hey, Witch! What? One of our former best friend's mothers used to be a guard at Muncie. Uh, Muncie. thought she was at Albion. No, she was at Muncie. So where's Muncie? Not quite mid-state, but close. That's what I thought. It's up like in the fucking woods. Oh, yeah, like yeah. Indiana and all that. No, no, it's no, 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 no. Okay. Um, that's no, so. Because the camp's up north too. Yeah, I want to think. I, I want to say it's. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So that's where she's put. Middle of the state. <coughs> April twentieth and May twenty third. The main investigators in the Wells case, Jerry Clark of the FBI, and Jason Wick of the Federal Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. Finally, He's working the chips. Hey. Hey, what's up, people? Um, finally get the interview deal. She talks about Rothstein, but refuses to answer any questions about anything else. So that tells you right now, if, if, you, were, if you were, like, mentally... That's, that's blown whatever... You, it's so easy to get to talk about. Right. All right. I I will die on this hill, as as they say. Um, the only reason that every co-conspirator said that Wells is part of it was so they did not face the capital punishment in Pennsylvania. Yeah, you're right. I guarantee. I will die I, on that hill, people. I won't argue that. So. At, at somewhere between May 23rd and July 5th, uh, Deal Armstrong worked out a deal through her attorney to be transferred from Muncie to Cambridge Springs because it's closer to home. So she worked out that Which deal. Is, um, uh, that's all fair, never mind. All right. So they work out a deal to get her to Cambridge Springs, and as a result, then she is now going to. Tell them everything they want to know about this case. Right. 
So, which she still goes down swinging and protecting her own yeah, ass. Yeah, yeah. So she gets there. According to the FBI interview, she says that she killed Roden to silence him in the Wells plot. Says she never spoke in detail about killing him because he feared about killing. She never spoke in detail about his killing because she feared it would implicate her in the Wells case. Well, you just implicated yourself now. In the summer of 2003, she says she gave Ross Dean kitchen timers, which when they invested, examined the bomb and they never released the information to anyone, it had two different kitchen timers. Two of the dial timers. Right. For like you would turn in, in five minutes when it dings your eggs are done or whatever. Old school. Not yeah, the old ones. ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we're talking, like, analog people. Analog, not digital. Okay, can, can I get to why I think Special Agent Jerry Clark is full of shit? Well, let's get let's get her in jail first. Okay. Right? Or, or, or like, I, I know where you're going. So, um, <laughs> they go to see her. She tells her about this. In the summer of 03, she says she gave him the kitchen timers. And was a quarter of a mile from the bank robbery site when Wells was killed. Deal Armstrong first raised the possibility of immunity during the interview. But she kept talking and never ended up getting the deal. So, whoops. Um, July 19th and 20th. They go out. Clark and Wick interview Floyd Stockton Jr. Rothstein's housemate at the time when Wells was killed. He says that Rothstein and Deal Armstrong were involved in this bank robbery and bomb plot because they needed money, and they showed him some things. Get, get out of here. If Mike just went quiet, it's because Notch just jumped in front of the mic. Yeah. Cat <laughs> jumped up and was shaking his big old booty. Um, we don't have any treats, man. You can't, you can't. It's not the time, Knox, to be shaking it for treats, bro. So, they go out and he talks to him. They show him some writing that they found that they've collected as evidence. He verifies, yeah, that's 1,000% Rothstein's handwriting. Now, we, now we're in October and September. They interview Kenneth Barnes. He says Deal Armstrong, before Wells was killed, solicited her to kill her father. So he stops being inheritance. Yeah, and and Roden. December of 05, Barnes meets with Clark and Wick. He says he, Dio Armstrong, Rothstein, Stockton, and Wells all met up August 27th to review the bank robbery plot. And then he said that him and Dio Armstrong sat in a car and watched Wells through binoculars. Oh, dang. So they saw it. February 10th of 06, Wick and Clark meet with Deal Armstrong. She gets pissed, flies off the handle when told about Barnes' comments and denies being with him in August 27th and 8th. She claims that Rothstein framed her. Hold on, I'm a Sour Patch Kid. Um, Valentine's Day of 2006. I got that little bastard down. We're good. <laughs> Clark and Wick meet with Barnes. 
We don't care about how you pay your bills, Mike. <laughs> guys got to do what a guy's got to do. He's expensive now, man. Um, Clark and Wick meet with Barnes. He gets upset when told of Deal Armstrong's denials, calls her a liar. So now they're, they're playing each, they're playing him against each other. He said, she said, yeah. and then you know, of course, the you know, investigators doing what the the smart move of going. Okay, well, he said this. What yeah. are you saying? And then going back. Okay, well, she said that. Yeah. What's so, your counter? Between March and May of '06, the federal agent searched Barnes' then house on the 600 block of Perry Street in Erie. From bomb for bomb making components and other items. May tenth. Perry Street's not a good neighborhood. No, it is not. <coughs> on on <coughs> May tenth of those Lady agrees. At this point in time, she's spoken now with these police officers, Wick and Clark, eight total times. May tenth is the date of her last interview, along with her personal lawyer. Lawrence D'Ambrosio, who encouraged her to talk, she goes on a ride with Wick and Clark in Summit Township. She points out where she was throughout the day when Wells was killed. Right. <coughs> and then it was like something clicked in her head, and she immediately shut down and refused to talk. July 9th of 07, a, gradual, a federal grand jury, which is B meeting in the Wells case for close to two years and was about to have its term expire, indicts Steel Armstrong and Barnes on the felonies of armed bank robbery, conspiracy to commit armed, ro- armed bank robbery and using a destructive device in a crime of violence. The grand jury names Wells and Rothstein as unindicted co-conspirators. Because they're both dead. dead. Right. July 11th of 07, the U.S. Attorney's Office unseals the indictment. Stockton is not named in the indictment because he reaches an immunity deal with the government in exchange for testifying against Deal and Armstrong. Deal Armstrong and Barnes. July 29th of 08, U.S. District Judge Sean McLaughlin. 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 I don't know how you say that. Uh, rules Deal Armstrong incompetent for trial, largely because of her bipolar disorder. He undergoes. Un, he orders more mental health exams in the federal prison. Right. September third of 08, Barnes pleads guilty before McLaughlin to conspire to conspiracy to commit bank bank robbery. Wow. The Megapine, the Megapine has distorted my vision. So, uh, conspiracy to commit bank robbery as well as using the destructive device during a crime of violence, which are both felonies. Yeah. McLaughlin, on December 3rd, sentences Barnes, who is 54 years old, to 45 years in federal prison. He agrees to testify now against Neil Armstrong for a reduced sentence. September 8th of 09, Deal Armstrong's fixed, baby. She's fixed. She can go to trial. <laughs> oh, she's competent. She is competent for trial. Okay. March of 2010, she has a cancerous lump removed from her neck and is later diagnosed with glandular cancer that originally in one of her breasts. August 12th of, I don't know why I even have that in there. Probably because it's, never mind. August 12th, 2010, at a court here in McLaughlin, 
reviews the physician's report that gives D.O. Armstrong three to seven years to live. The prosecutor, assistant U.S. attorney, Marshal Piccini, Piccini, Pincini, I don't know, said he plans to proceed with the trial anyways. Said he would have considered holding the trial if the medical report had given her less time to live than go to trial. November 1st, after deliberating for 11 hours and 30 minutes over two days, the jury convicts her of all charges. Woo! February 28th, she gets sentenced to life in prison plus 30 years in the federal prison system, which has no parole. She, Tom's right, she dies in prison. Of cancer, which yes. is probably why you had that in there. Yeah, that must have been the tie in there. I don't know. That's the box of wine. So... <laughs> Um, but this whole thing, man, watching the, the Netflix series and reading about it and mm -hmm. digging in a little bit, um, the, I was telling, I was telling Tom and the Witch earlier about how you, you listen to the initial eerie investigator and he talks about they go to the second spot because they're like, hey, let's follow this. Yeah. They go to a second spot, and there's a light blue cargo van. Uh, maybe it wasn't light blue. It was but, light blue. It was light blue. Yeah, according to the Jack Reacher, details matter. Um, sitting there, within view of where the next clue was hidden. He noticed it, kind of thought, hmm, that's kind of odd. And then it went out of his mind, right? Mm -hmm. Guess who had a light blue van? Rostine. Rostine had one. Mr. Rothstein, <coughs> you were involved. Well, I guess we already knew it was involved. Well, but what was interesting was... But then he didn't put that in his report that he gave to the FBI. See, some, now, there's a version where he did include it in his notes, but the, it never made it to the FBI because... <coughs> Uh, There's that pissing contest between yeah, local, <laughs> local, that's state, fair. fed. You yeah. know, like that, uh, that's what we that's, share between agencies. That's a fair statement. It never made it to the FBI. Yeah. Whether he wrote it down, whether he just noticed it, or whether or not Special Agent Jerry Clark was worthless enough to just to just let it go. Yeah, I mean, maybe he shredded it. Which I'm yeah. voting on because. So the one version said. It um, if you ever, haven't picked up one yet, Tom is not a fan of FBI Special Agent Jerry Clark. <laughs> the one version. Let's be honest. Of articles you're not a fan of law enforcement. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? That's mostly true, uh, but that's okay. So tell us why you don't like Special FBI Investigator Cuisinart Extraordinaire <laughs> George W. Click Clark. George what? Jerry Clark. Jerry Clark. <laughs> so I don't like Jerry Clark because if you watch the documentary on Netflix, the entire time he's talking, he mentions exact names, exact dates, stares straight at the camera. Except for when it comes to Brian Wells being part of the plot. He looks down and left away from the camera... And says a quote-unquote reliable witness placed him at the scene bef the day before. Or placed him at Rossi's house the day before. So I'm sorry, dude. But if you're giving me every single detail down to name, 
date and what the person said, including their name to you. And then when it comes to your reliable witness, you can't remember time or their name. I mean, that's fair. That, that's a, as uh, Mike alluded to earlier, that's a solve this fucking case or you're mm-hmm. fired. And he went, hey, there's a witness that said, yeah, and I trust this witness. It was interesting, the witnesses that came out later, like, anyways, you know, um, the guy that remembered seeing Marjorie Dale driving the wrong way down the interstate, yeah. like, years mm. after this, they came forward, and mm. the guy that saw her at the payphone, at the gas station, right. they made eye contact, and apparently her eyes were very striking color. Is how they were described. Distinctly okay. beautiful but cold. Yeah, I, I, I could Evil. Tell she's evil. Well, yeah, she's fucking evil. They're all evil. And, and you know, they Except all, for Brian Wells. Did you see they all got their karma, though? Like, Every single one of them died, yes. Cancer. Slowly. Horribly. Not funly. Like. Alright. Yeah. So. It's amazing, though, right? Nope, not in my yard. Um, not, I don't, that didn't come in my driveway. No, but it left your fucking driveway. <laughs> oh. So, anyways. Um, I lost my train of thought, which... Ooh. Um, mm. you got 10 minutes to figure it out. Oh, that, I know where I was going. It's amazing if you look at 2003 to when, just just nine years later, when my brother passed away. And the amount of things that have changed, right? They had different camera angles, they had different things going on, they were able to trace the cell phones like across the, like, it was crazy, it's crazy the the shit that they have available to them now. Advances by leaps and bounds. And the cell phone wasn't even on. Um. Oh, and um, did either of you also happen to know that since the airing of this special. Both the FBI and the U.S. Attorney for the Western District of Pennsylvania have declined any interview about the topic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Why, why would you want to bring it up? The <laughs> lady, you need to go somewhere. They were kind of made to look like fools. Go. And, you know... Hey, uh, Shaggy, come get the dog. She made it for 80, 80 minutes or so. Um, yeah, I, I don't, you know, I don't, I can't imagine there's more than like 5% of the cases that get put on, on their desks that are clean cut, dry. Right. All you got to do is roll out of bed, curl your hair in your perm, and 
show up at court, right? Yeah. So, you know, they kind of do what they got to do. Make people pieces fit may not be right, but you know, it kind of I guess it happens. I don't know. I would never. It, it's not. It's not good to be ever in a situation where you're on the back end of this and you've lost a loved one. You know what I mean? They're upset about how his body was treated. They weren't able to see it because it was declared evidence. They were kept away. The funeral gets extended. Like... Closed casket because... Right. You couldn't put that back on. Well, and I feel like even with that bomb exploding, <coughs> it would... You could put a nice shirt on and maybe patch that up. Yeah, like, maybe a couple bags. He's not going to wear a disco open push. Well, I mean, like, maybe. I, I mean, I got it. Yeah, you're right. That would work because you could just get a couple bags of cotton balls. Yeah. And fill the holes in. Yeah. Like, you, you need to be You quiet. can make it work. Um, not to sound crass, but. No, but so I, I could get why you're on that on the podcast. Or not the podcast. God damn. The Netflix series where they're very disgruntled. About how that whole situation went down, right? Because they, it, I, I, I'd be curious to see when he was actually buried. Because if this was an open case from two thousand and three until, I mean, it finally got closed in two thousand and ten, right? No. But they may not have needed his body the whole time, like. At a certain point, they can make exceptions and release. Well, that's what I'm. That's what I wanted. To, that's that's where my curiosity is. Yeah. Because how long did they actually keep that body? Delaying, delaying someone's closure over grief. Right. I just I, it was just a thought that popped in my head. I do have to say I thought it was kind of funny. I, it, it's not the right word, but it's the only word I got. To watch his family heckle the right. cops and stuff. Like, go you. I mean, yeah. I understand you're angry, but, like, good for you for speaking up yeah. and speaking out. Giving your your family person a voice. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we're 86 minutes in. I feel like... Oh, you know it hasn't been mentioned yet at all this episode? Uh, well, hold on. Put your fucking cards back, people. <laughs> Be nice to each other? Yeah, but put your goddamn cards yeah. back, too. Uh, you see, I, you know, I saw a, uh, a thing today on the internet... And I should have wrote the fucking thing back because I forget. But the, basically the summary of it was, you never know what anybody else is going through. So just smile and be kind because that Close really... Close the door for someone. Yeah, just anything. You and I saw different things today because mine said just because I choose peace doesn't mean I ain't capable of violence and I've never agreed with anything more. Peace, love, and little donuts, witch. Peace, love, and little donuts. Mm, I'm kind of vibing with my inner demons today. Live it, love it, love it. <laughs> Lady, don't encourage her. Live it, love it, hex it. Let's do oh, it. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, but you never know. Like that guy, that guy maybe that didn't hold the door for you going into the store. Oh, don't get mad at him. Just wish him well. Yeah. Like, be well can sometimes be the best courage. If someone does not reflect your kindness back, just let it go. Yeah. Pass them the next. Yeah. They're, Fuck that person. They didn't deserve it. Well, not even that. Because you don't know. Maybe this guy just got fucking fired. You know what I mean? Last time I got fired, you know what I did? You probably didn't go grocery shop. <laughs> no, actually, I went to a restaurant to pick up breakfast to go to take home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, you know what I mean? You don't know. You don't know what's you know. going on. Um, <laughs> lady, you need to go somewhere. We got a minute 40. Um, we love you people. Be nice to each other. Be nice to Tom in your emails this week. Yeah, and if you think lady should... Um, like, seriously, people, you're hurting Tom. You're like, you're hurting me. You're cutting me deep. <laughs> okay, so show Tom some love, Show Tom please. some love, people. Tom needs it. He needs you to build him... Back you up. you got to build him back up so the witch and I you know, can take back out our samurai swords and take him away <laughs> into the time. Yeah, Tom needs a lot, and I'm not so sure positive reinsurance is going to do it. Yeah, he used to be six... 6'2". He's now looking like 4'4". Four, four. Yeah. I was close to the 6'4". Oh, well. Nice. It happens. All right, listen. <laughs> hey. I guessed, bro. Thanks for joining us. We love you. Yeah. Be nice to each other. Thank you for letting us waste almost 90 minutes of your life that you're never going to get back. Put your goddamn cards away. Thank you for letting us haunt your dreams. <laughs> uh, and hit us up at mikeisadrink at gmail.com. Thank you. To Sump for replying to one of our Facebook tags. Uh, thank you to Psycho Steak for letting us use their shit every week. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the witch for putting pants on so that she <laughs> can come over here for the episode tonight. Hi, we y'all. love you!